This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that connects the dots between events of the past and what's happening today. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about the Montreal vaccine riot and the delicate balancing act between public health and public perception. The day was September 28, 1885. An angry crowd of more than 2,000 people marched through the streets of Montreal, Canada, after the city announced a mandatory vaccination program to fight the smallpox epidemic. The ensuing riot would result in extensive property damage, the deaths of two people, and the further erosion of an already divided city. As you may know, Smallpox was a deadly, infectious disease that's now considered eradicated. It was most commonly caused by a virus called variola major. It spread in saliva droplets and through contact with the infectious rash it produced. Other symptoms included fever, headache, and vomiting, but the rash was arguably the worst part. It caused rash blisters and scabs to form, which would then burst, leaving deep, pitted scars, or pockmarks, in the majority of patients. Historically, smallpox caused by variola major had a case fatality rate of about 30%. Those who survived infection developed immunity. Canada has been smallpox-free since the early 1960s, but in the years before widespread vaccinations, outbreaks of the disease were frequent. Montreal's smallpox epidemic started in early 1885, when an infected train conductor brought the disease to the city and was then treated by several doctors while in town. As the deadly virus spread in the weeks ahead, Montreal launched a voluntary vaccination program. Inoculation against smallpox had been going on since the late 1700s, but in Montreal, many French-Canadian residents distrusted the English-run government that was administering the shots. They believed the vaccinations were dangerous and would just make people sicker. So for this reason, among others, many people in Montreal's French-Canadian neighborhood resisted the voluntary campaign. As the months went by, some of these fears were seemingly confirmed when multiple cases of erysipelas were reported after vaccination. This infection of the surface layers of the skin was most likely the result of unsanitary conditions when the vaccine was administered. However, health officials concluded that it might be a sign that they were using a contaminated batch of vaccine, which was not unheard of at the time. As a result, the vaccination program in Montreal was suspended for three months, beginning in May of 1885. During this time, the residents who opposed vaccination felt justified and even emboldened. They started tearing down warning signs that health department workers had posted on the homes of smallpox patients. Anti-vaccination pamphlets began to circulate, and some religious groups declared the vaccine to be the mark of the beast, a biblical concept that signifies loyalty to Satan 
Meanwhile, as the summer wore on, the epidemic grew more severe. When the city's death toll surpassed 3,000 people, the Montreal Board of Health made the controversial decision to make vaccinations mandatory and to impose a fine on anyone who refused to comply. The chairman of the board tried to get ahead of the opposition, saying, quote, It does not mean that people are to be seized and manacled and so vaccinated by force. It means that the vaccinator will go to the door of a house and ask for proof that all residing there are vaccinated. Needless to say, the anti-vaccine crowd was not appeased by this clarification. They viewed the compulsory shots as a violation of their individual rights, and this perspective was solidified when city officials began enforcing their control measures. Rumors soon spread that vaccinators were forcing their way into women's bedrooms and tying down children to make them take the shot. The result of this misinformation was that on the afternoon of September 28th, the day of the vaccination deadline, restless crowds began to form downtown. The Detroit Free Press reported that three French-Canadian city council members were present and that they threatened to burn the city and shoot anyone who supported compulsory vaccination. As the day went on, more and more people gathered, some of whom were armed with stones, knives, and handguns. At 7 p.m., the crowd stormed an office building and wrecked a branch of the health department before doing the same to City Hall. Then they marched through the city, chanting and shouting, Kill the vaccinators! The riotous crowd smashed up pharmacies that distributed the vaccine and vandalized the homes of public health officials. Next, they turned their anger on the central police station, where the chief was reportedly stabbed and stoned, though he did survive. According to the Boston transcript, quote, Revolver shots were freely fired at the police, and to scare the men, the police returned fire over their heads, only to be received by jeers and laughter. Eventually, the overwhelmed police began clubbing the rioters, causing them to split into groups that carried on their destruction at multiple sites. By 1 a.m., the crowd had been dispersed and the city was quiet again. Two protesters were reported killed in the scuffle. Although the riot didn't lead to an immediate shift in views on either side of the issue, it does seem like at least one person changed their mind. Two weeks after the incident, one of the French-Canadian city council members who had stirred up the protesters was stopped by a health inspector while on a train to Chicago. According to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, this leading advocate of the anti-vaccination movement had, in fact, been vaccinated. Opponents of vaccination in Montreal continued to speak against it at city council meetings and eventually at activist leagues and in courtrooms for decades to come. But thankfully, there were no further instances of anti-vaccine-related violence, at least not in Montreal. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. 
You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Show. And if you have any comments or suggestions that are not related to vaccines, you can write to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you as always for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.